welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack an active self-care practice and how we connect it to our faith. These are conversations with others as we seek to build a theology of self-care together, exploring how we actively care for ourselves in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. This is episode 28, and today we will be having Jojo McDuffie on this episode, and we're going to be exploring this nature of knowing yourself, knowing yourself so that you can care for yourself. Jojo is uh, a friend of mine uh, from both uh, college, uh, we went to that same high school, and I recently just was able to reconnect with him. Uh, after hearing him on another podcast, you will hear us reference uh, the growth equation with Steve Magnus and Brad Stahlberg, who also write Peak Performance and Passion Paradox and a couple of books that I really love, have loved reading uh, during this time to learn a little bit more about what self-care looks like, especially as I have entered this scene of being a run coach. And so when I heard Jojo on, um, knowing who Jojo was, knowing his uh, where he has been on his journey and, and, and seeing him, I just had to have him on. So. Uh, as we dive into this conversation, let's hear from Jojo, hear his journey, as well as hear what he has learned and how he helps to teach others. All right, I am joined today by Jojo McDuffie. Jojo is uh, someone that I've known back from my college days, went to college. We actually share both a high school and a college alma mater, which is just awesome. Um, shout out to Salem High School in Virginia Beach and Randolph yeah. Macon College in Nashville. Yeah. So, Jojo, how you doing today? Man, Andrew, man, so good to talk to you. I, I am doing very, very well. This is it's awesome to see you, awesome to, to hear about the podcast. Uh, yeah, man, things, things are going well. So just glad to be here and looking forward to, to hanging out with you for a little bit. Yeah, man. Let's get let's let's dive right in and let's let's introduce you to our listeners. So, yeah. uh, Jojo, who are you? Where are you from? And how are you active? Yeah. So uh, I am originally from Pensacola, Florida. Uh, moved to the moved to Virginia when I was about seven or eight years old. My my dad was in the military, and so uh, from the age of eight to the age of ten, I did a lot of moving. Um, probably five or six elementary schools all together, and then finally ended up in the Virginia Beach area, which is where I really call home. That's where I grew up. Um, so, you know, as you said, I went to went to Salem High School, graduated from Randolph-Macon in 2006, um, and then after that, um, went on to start working and kind of doing what I really love to do right now, which is coaching, personal training, uh, recreational facility management, kind of all under one umbrella. Um, so I've, I've been here at the University of Virginia for about 10 years now. Actually, yeah, just over 10 years now. So it's a full career at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And uh, let's give a big wahoo wah out to all the UVA yeah, fans out there. It, yeah, best <laughs> of luck to our baseball team right now. There, there you go. Hopefully they can make their regionals. But um you know, how, how do I stay active? I think that's the question that you asked. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's less, of, less about what the, what the fad is, what you see in your magazines and things like that. I am more of a, um, I'd say, primitive style of training. 
And so for me, it's just do what my ancestors did, which was move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you this, you know, I ran off making, I was an economics major. Um, and the thought was I was going to get into big banking, big business and corporations and stuff like that. Had my first job out of college and realized I was sitting behind a desk for way too long. Um, and you know this, Andrew, but you know, my, my best, my best friend, really my mentor in college was Bill Blackmore Yep. and we worked out all the time. And there became this time where I realized, man, I can do what Bill does for a living. Yeah. This is awesome. And so I kind of <laughs> made that, you know, my career path. And so, you know, I, I have the luxury of being able to do some administrative work for about 20 minutes. And then I can leave my desk for 10 minutes to go do some kettlebell swings or to go do some pull-ups. And so I do a lot of, uh, in my daily activity, I do a lot of micro dosing mm-hmm. in terms of, in terms of how I stay active. Um, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a beautiful situation where I'm in an active environment all day long. And so it's almost like, man, there's, there's no excuse for me, but yeah. I try to, I try to mix it up as much as possible, you know? That's that's what it means to be an athlete is you're able to do a number of different things, maybe not the best at them, but you're able to experience these different environments. Yeah. And so uh, be an active in that way. What undergirds that activity? What is the reason? Why are you active? Yeah, you know, I didn't I would say growing up, I was I was definitely the uh, I was the chubby kid. I was I was a chubby kid amongst my friends and things like that. And I kind of got to this point where I started seeing these guys on magazines with these massive arms and, and massive legs. And so I kind of started asking my dad for muscle and fitness and flex magazines. And I fell in love with, with, with bodybuilding. And so that was my first initial love. Um, you know, I had my strength and conditioning programs as a football player and a wrestler in high school and then in the college. But after those days were done, it was like, man, I, I love to work out. I love to work out. And it, it was 100 percent. It was purely aesthetic for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about my health and wellness. Yeah. It was I, I wanted my legs to look like Ronnie Coleman and my arms to look like Dexter Jackson and, and Jay Cutler and stuff like that. And then you get a little older and you're like, I can't spend that amount of time. I don't have any endorsement deals. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long they spend lifting every day. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a full-time job for them. And so, you know, now, one of my big roles is I, I'm big into health and wellness. Um, in fact, uh, I'm working on a PhD right now in health sciences and um, exercise science. And I work a lot with the Parkinson's community, which for them, the best thing for them to experience a better quality, quality of life is to exercise. Mm-hmm. And so exercise went from being purely aesthetic for me to, man, if I just do a little bit, you know, every single day, just a little bit, doesn't have to be too intense. I can live well for a very long time being able to stand up from my chair, get out of the bathtub, you yeah. know, go for a long walk, hold two babies at one time, you know, I got <laughs> to be strong for that type of stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I think the the biggest and most important part of that, and I, and one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to have you on is this nature of when when we care for ourselves in that way. And there's a big difference when I'm up there and I'm say you know swinging some kettlebells, doing some benches, doing some cleans, whatever it is, going out and running a long run. That's self care. But that's not the entire picture of self-care. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. and I think um, and uh, for for listeners reference, you know, uh, Jojo and I, we, we did, you know, he was at Macon working at Macon while I was there. And, you know, we have these shared alumni. Uh, but I rediscovered Jojo uh, in in a different podcast that I listened to and, by, and from two authors who kind of talk about this same thing. And it's become a part of Jojo's routine. Um, from, from my, you know, looking at, at your Facebook, you know, learning more about you as I'm going along, looking at your website, all of this is, is there is that, that active, that active lifestyle that plays into self-care, but that is not it. And so what does it look like for us to balance those natures of self-care? Because as I'm coming across this podcast, you know, I started this podcast, it was active faith. Like, how are we getting active? How are we moving every day to care for ourselves? And I'm, yeah. and I'm finding out and, and we're having conversations and I'm like, man, the good conversations aren't always about how we're moving and always yeah. going and getting our heart rate going. But it's also yeah. like, what, what are we doing the other, you know, 23 hours a day? Um, yeah. Because there's so much more. And so when, when we start talking about self-care and an active mm-hmm. lifestyle and self-care, what's yeah. the balance and what does that yeah. balance look like? Yeah. Yeah. It is not all a hundred percent all of the time, right? You know, what you see now is all about if you're going to be active, you got to be intense. You got to give it your all. You got yeah. to run through that wall. And really, I would say probably the past maybe five to 10 years, we have started to realize that this whole self-care thing is not just about the physical because for so long it was about the physical. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to really talk about the mental. Uh, now we're starting to talk about, you know, what it is to have an active rest, have an active recovery. What do those things and how do you uh, incorporate that into your lifestyle? And through the, through the growth equation and, and Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus, it really became about how do I what does it take for me to perform better? Yeah. Right. And not, not necessarily be the best, but just to perform better in whatever lane that I'm in. And so it is, it's the physical part, you know, it's the mental part, but then you start to throw in these other components of what's, what's my stress management look Mm -hmm. like? Um, How do you, how do you take care of that? You know, what else is going on in my life that's affecting my daily performance? That's just not, my daily performance isn't just affected because I didn't work out for an hour that day. My daily performance may be affected because, you know, maybe me and my wife had a hard conversation the morning before I had to go to work. Or, you know, maybe there's a, a death in the family or maybe school is just way too hard. And you have to find a way to really, what I take from it is find a way to identify like what's really going on right now. And once I can identify it, once I can 
you know, kind of be aware of what's going on and accept that, then I can take the opportunity to plan out and pr- put together a self-care plan for myself. Yeah. My self-care plan can change on a weekly, monthly basis. You know, maybe it's one day, man, I just need some ice cream just to, yeah. you know, just to chill out. And, or it could be, listen, I need to reach out to a therapist because I, I really need to talk to somebody. So it doesn't have to be the same thing. But what you have to do is first put your finger on, all right, what's going on right now? What do I need to take care of to help myself to better perform? And once that awareness is there, once that acceptance is there, then you can address it and see how you can better take care of yourself. Yeah. And so in that self-care journey, how important is it for you? I mean, you talk about knowing yourself, but what is the importance in knowing yourself? And maybe as we continue this conversation, what are some of those practices that you have gone through as you sought to maybe get to know yourself, get to know how you rest, what your active versus passive rest looks like, yeah, how you balance those things. And so what has it been like to get to know yourself as you've sought to care for yourself? Yeah, man. You know, I used to think that, especially prior to the pandemic, I used to define myself by my work mm-hmm. and how many hours I was working, how much time I was putting in. I felt like if I was just sitting down and doing nothing, I was getting left behind. Um, and from that, from that mindset of 100% go, 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 you know, working 40 plus hours at the university and then going home and then only to leave to go and bounce at some of the local nightclubs until three in the morning. And then my first clients were at 30 in the morning, oh. so working off of four hours of sleep. And I used to define myself, but then the pandemic kind of made all of us just sit down and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, it did. <laughs> and so I had I had this unbelievable, you know. God gave us an opportunity to just really sit back and reflect on what we're doing with our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And so I took advantage of that time. Um, I started to evaluate what my, what my mental was, you know, what my relationship was with the people around me, what was the energy, what was the vibe that I was giving off. And I just realized, man, it's like, listen, we don't know how much time we have. And so with the time that you, that you do have, what are you going to do with that? And so I had to think about like what direction I wanted my life to really, really start to move in. And so it was, it was like getting outside more, smelling the flowers. You know, how many of us know what type of tree is sitting across the street? From yeah. Us? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I got two trees in the front yard right now. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> but I know there are two great trees that give me great yeah. shade when I just need to catch a breath outside. Exactly, exactly. And, but, you know, during that time, I got to spend a lot of time with my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, who's eight years old. And so we found this love for music. And with the love for music, we figured out, hey, we also like to bake. And so a part, a part of my, my environment that I was creating around me was we were listening to beautiful music together. She's listening to, she's introducing me to music. I'm introducing her to Bill Withers and, and, and Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And then we're taking that music and then we're getting in the kitchen and we're cooking, we're baking, and she's learning at the same time. And I started to value that more than the work that I was doing. And so 
when she wasn't around, that became my form of meditation. And so my meditation practice grew, which is something that I truly believe in for my self-care practices. And so I cook more because it just opens up all of my senses. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, a, I'm aware uh, and alert to what a white onion versus a red onion versus a yellow onion, texture, color, smell, my senses are heightened. But it takes being present. And that became a huge part of my practice, my daily practice of what am I doing right here, what right now? And by being right here, right now, I am better able to be aware and alert with what I'm doing. I can be more focused and more engaged. And so that became a huge part of like this journey of understanding like, man, you've always barbecued, but you also like to be in the kitchen and preparing meals for your family, you know? And so you just get this opportunity. It was just a great opportunity to figure out what other things that I love to do, but then how do those things really help me, help me on a daily basis? And it's a lot of stuff happened during the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of stuff happened. And with many of my clients who are going through things and who are going through things, we always go back to like, all right, well, what did you learn about yourself during that time? What were your takeaways? Because yeah. um, there, there was a lot of external stimulus that was happening. A lot of things that were happening that would have affected your daily lives, your daily performance. I mean, that was quick story. So when all the George Floyd stuff started happening, mm-hmm. and we just had all these kills, like that was a really bad time for me. And I, through reading uh, Peak Performance and The Passion Paradox, um, I started to really do my research on Steve and, and on yeah. Brad. <laughs> and so then, you know, they posted, hey, we're going to have a, our first community discussion. Their first community discussion was, you know, about the killings and how this is affecting people's daily lives and what can we do as a community, right? That was my, that was the very first opportunity that I had to put my thoughts out into the world, Mm. my my very first opportunity. So that was a form of therapy for me. And I, I, I needed that. It could not have come at a better time. And so being able to talk to, there were probably about 45, 50 people on that discussion. Mm. There were two black males on that discussion, myself and one other person. And it was hard for me to speak up at first, but I had to speak up because, I mean, it, it's kind of like I was looking at myself being choked right? And looking at someone who could have easily been me or my uncle or my brother. And it's like, listen, this is what people who look like me are feeling. And so that, at that time, that was the best self-care, making that decision to hop on that call, speak up, say something, and be fully engaged in a really, really difficult conversation, which is something that we lack a lot of. Yeah. You know, especially... You know, they, they say men are less likely to show their emotions, speak how they feel, and share that. It was a great opportunity and, you know, uh, 
just a great environment that was created for people to share and kind of, you know, once you get it off your chest, you feel a lot better, a lot yeah. better. For sure. Well, and I mean, it. I, I think it also names the way in which our response to adversity in life yeah. uh, and the different kinds of adversity uh, mm -hmm. that come against us is, is what is going to, in the long run, play into the ultimate way we care for ourselves. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things that I reflected on when I reflected on, on the death of George Floyd, on Breonna Taylor, on Ahmaud Arbery, I mean, just, I, I mean, we could list the names for days, uh, which, which is terrible. And one of the mm -hmm. things I reflected on is, you know, we kind of get to an impasse in our society where race, color, all of these things begin to define how we interact with one another. And have we had those, have we had both the internal and the external conversations? Right. And I think that the nature of self-care, because especially as I'm talking in this podcast, you know, I'm using the great commandments, right? Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Correct. And so I continue to say over and over, my listeners are probably tired of hearing it. Like at what point in time do we have to admit that we struggle to love our neighbors because we struggle to love ourselves? And while we may be able to reach out yeah. and help our neighbors, like what does that nature of help and love look like? Are we truly loving yeah. them the way? And I think that those moments of conversation, those moments when we can put ourselves, like, right, you put yourself in that conversation and putting yourself in that conversation with other people was a form of self-care for you because mm -hmm. you were able to learn about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You were it, like, at least that's what I'm hearing in this conversation you were mm -hmm. able to have that conversation with others so that others could learn as well and yeah. expressing that nature. And so when we face adversity, we not only care for ourselves, but we also extend that so that other people can learn how to care for themselves in that same breath. Because yeah. as a white guy, I like I I want to know how I can help. Like, what can I do to be an ally in mm -hmm. in these justice and equity endeavors in our society? Because we look out and this is not how a society should be. And so in order to care for myself, I need to learn because I look and I turn on the news and like yeah. you see Buffalo, you see mm -hmm. Vivaldi, you see mm -hmm. these like terrible tragedies. Yeah. And, you know, it really is a lot of times like I I've kind of gotten you get in the process of like, yes, thoughts and prayers. That's great. But like, what's my action step? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's that's powerful to hear a pastor say, yeah, thoughts and prayers are good. But there also needs to be action. Yeah. And that's, I mean, all you got to do is read the good book and know that right. we pray, but we also have to do something with those words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, you going back to the, to the love thy neighbor. I mean, that's, that one was a, that was always been a big thing for me is that, man, I don't, I don't care what you look like. I don't mm -hmm. care what you, where you're from. I don't care what you've been through, but like, let's step outside our homes, let's step on the porch, you know, let's break bread together. You know, we have such a jaded view of what community means and what, you know, the tribe means. If you really dig down into what it means to be a tribe, what it means to be a community, you know, I, I think there's a, 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 a African proverb that uses the word um, Ubuntu, which is the collective. It's the community. Yeah. It's what what can I bring? You know, what do I bring to the table? 
And essentially what it all goes back to is that we should have this willingness to share with each other. If I can reach out and touch you, if I can walk 10 feet, you know, and knock on your door to ask you for some sugar or something. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem. I shouldn't be nervous to live by you. And the part that's troubling is that, you know, that anxiety there, that diminishes our self-care. That doesn't mm-hmm. help us at all. And that was a big part of me speaking up because I was holding a lot in and, you know, it was affecting my relationships in my in my home at a time where my daughter and my wife were the only two people that I could see, you know, face to face on a consistent basis. Yeah. So I needed to get it out there. And there was this community that was created for me to speak my thoughts finally. And man, that next day, wow, like I just, I, I felt so much better. And so the, the real big lesson for me was like, if you're feeling something, express it, not externally, not internally, express it, talk yeah. to someone about what's, what's, what's going on. Just share thoughts, share stories. They could have answers for it for you, or they could just be a soundboard for you. But the idea for me is that the way that I'm built, I'm not built to hold that stuff in. I need to express it and put it out there. And it come and and that brings us right back to like knowing yourself. We learn mm-hmm. we learn the ways in which we internalize these conversations. And I think it's important to name that sometimes internalizing something means getting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I talk. To a lot, I have a lot of folks in my congregation who ask me, like, you know, how do I preach? I, I I have my you know iPad there on the pulpit, but I don't I don't look at it a whole lot. And I tell them why I internalize it, and yeah. then and we start talking about the process. Like, how do you internalize that? I'm like, I preach. Like, I, I go and I practice my sermon out loud. And so, I mean, we have to recognize that sometimes to internalize self care, whether it's self care, self worth, whatever we want to call it, it's about getting it out there, letting other folks know that this is part of who I am. This is part of yeah. of of my being, of my understanding. And, sure. and and when it starts to get down to that, we start to unpack that nature of self care on our own journey and what it looks like for us. And so, as you're reflecting. Um, on that experience, on your experiences from the pandemic in general, what role does that nature of self-care continue to play in in your journey as you're going through life, as you're uh, working at the university, as you're a husband, as you're a father, as you're doing all of these things? You know, what role does that self-care continue to play in those places? Yeah, it's, man, I am a better husband, a better father, uh, a better teammate, you know, to my coworkers, um, mostly because I am more willing now to share my mm-hmm. thoughts, my ideas with my family, my, my coaching clients, you know, when you have that experience and, you know, when you, when you have the story to tell of some of the things that have helped you, that experience, it it helps. Like mm-hmm. you have a real life example to use. Um, and, I, and I think that's why it's always important to like, just admit when you mess up. Because if you're not willing to admit when you mess up, you, you, you still haven't learned from it, you know? <laughs> and you, you kind of have to have to speak that out. You have to be willing to share. With my coaching clients, 
you know, I use the story of, you know, prior to the pandemic, I may have been sleeping four to five hours a night. Let me tell you what changed when my sleeping went from seven to eight to sometimes nine hours a night. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what happened. The, the clarity of, of thought. Holy smoke. <laughs> you know, the way I looked at things, um, the way I took in information, the energy that I had to essentially be a stay-at-home or, or, or um, you know, a, a tutor, a teacher for my daughter when the schools were closed and sending packets home. And if I was only getting three to four hours of sleep, there was no way that I'd be able to do my job and help her out and keep her entertained. Yeah. Um, and so the lessons learned from there, you know, wow, it's just, you, you just have an opportunity to share what you experienced during that time to help other people. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to be in a community, in a tribe, is the ability to share your experiences, what you're good at. As a pastor, that's a, you're a teacher, yeah. you know, you're a confidant. And so people have to be able to hold a conversation with you, feel like they can share with you. And for you, it's like you have to be able to assess what the congregation needs before delivering that sermon on that mm -hmm. Sunday. Because otherwise, it may go in one ear and out the other. They may not be taking in the message that you're trying to share. You know, if it's the weekend of, like right now, I mean, these past couple of weeks, for us who have kids, yeah. holy smoke, it's scary as crap, man. Mm -hmm. But let's say your conversation with the congregation started to be about the NBA playoffs. <laughs> and being a better, you know, it could have uh, just went somewhere else. It's like, no, no, no. Right now, Rev, I need for you to tell me that yeah. God's got me, that you've got my back, that everything is going to get better. We are going to get through this thing together. I don't give a crap about the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I need your support. And that comes from having conversations. Um, assessing the needs of the people around you and mm -hmm. then building the story or, you know, what we, what you could call maybe a self-care package. Here's the takeaway for you guys now, help yourself out right now. And I'm going to be there to support you. Yeah. And, and so you're, I mean, you're building, you're putting together, you know, these self-care packets and it's, it's not, again, it's, it's, it's multifaceted, right? It's not just one sure. thing. And, you know, you, you talk about this importance of rest. And I love that you talked about sort of that clarity of mind that comes when we practice that that passive rest, especially something like sleep um, mm -hmm. and even like that active rest. Um, you know, I can I think of like when I've had a long week, just going for a walk, it helps to clear my mind. It helps me out and those kinds yeah. of things. And, and so and we talked at the kind of at the when we started talking about that nature of, of rest and self-care and how important something like that becomes. And so mm -hmm. as you're coaching individuals, as you're helping folks kind of understand this multifaceted nature of self-care, how are you teaching this importance of, I mean, you gotta, I mean, right. It's like, you gotta know yourself, but you also gotta know when you're, when you get to that limit, right. You gotta know when you hit that limit and then what you do when you hit that limit. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, life may be a marathon, 
But when I hit the wall in a marathon, oh. I have to I have to keep running so I get to the finish line. When I hit the wall in life, I need to know like where to draw back. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think where it starts off is and, and the way that I coach people is there is a there's an assessment process. And this assessment process is basically all right, we want to work together. I need to get to know you. And so I need for you to be 100% honest with me. Mm-hmm. We need to have a clear and concise conversation about what are your needs. And there have been times where people weren't able to express their actual needs to me. Um, and I have to say, well, right now is just not the time for us to work together because I can't help you if you don't know what you need. Yeah. You know, and that, that sounds so simple, but other people out there will take you on as a client, but I need to know what do you need right now? And so I try to keep my practice so, so simple where I say, I need for you to list your basic needs. You know, we all have our basic needs. You know, you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, (laughs) You need food. You need water. Water. You need rest. The (laughs) physiological needs. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, rest, rest is a part of that. But getting back to your question of, like, how do you know when you hit that wall? And it goes back to what I said earlier of, if you don't know yourself, then you don't know what hitting that wall is. And sometimes it takes experiencing that, uh-huh. like actually hitting a wall for you to know, oh, there it is. Nah, I see what he's talking about. Um, because some of us are not willing to put our finger on, I'm tired, I'm overworked, I'm strained. I am injured versus being hurt. Yeah. And so you have to have that conversation of, all right, you need to get to know yourself to be able to identify what's happening there. You know, in my case, it was, I wasn't resting, Uh which then led to a major, major injury that put me on the shelf for almost six to eight months, which in my line of work, is a long time yeah (laughs) that means not being able to hold focus mitts for my boxing clients that means not being able to demonstrate a proper deadlift or a squat you know with my lifting clients and so sometimes it takes that injury but then also it's a process of education so i'll give you an example uh i ask my clients to keep a journal of their daily life for a whole week. And I say, listen, you're not going to impress me, right? So you just be honest. And so that's a sleep log, that's a nutrition log, Mm. and that's your daily activity, right? And so red flags for me, are you sleeping less than seven hours? I know most of the research out there says eight to nine hours, but realistically, most of us are not getting that much. And so are you getting seven hours? All right, so that's my threshold. When's your first meal? You know, so are you fasting? Yeah. That's a thing for some people. And that's, fasting is not a bad thing, but that's a thing for some people. That goes into the equation. What time do you wake up? 
what time do you have to be at work? Do you have to take your kids to work? You know, what time's lunch? What's a typical day for you like? What happens when you come home? Like, are you going to the gym? Are you coming home or are you sitting on the couch? So a very detailed journal. And what that then does, Andrew, is that creates that awareness that we're looking for. Because by writing it down, they go, wow, I didn't realize that I was sleeping so little. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I was eating so little, right? Because like people living off of 1,200-calorie diets, that's a thing. That yeah. happens quite a bit. The average caloric intake for us should be around 2,000 calories, you know? And that's not for like a really, that's for a really small person, a really big person. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of average there. Um, and so what that does is that that just creates that awareness. And that allows us to go back and have the conversation like, all right, well, looks like you're only sleeping about four hours a night. It's like, wow, really? And I was like, well, this lack of sleep then leads to not being able to focus at work. Right, because all of this goes into the area of performance. You're not eating enough. Yeah, you know, you're not moving enough. And without without that, I don't know how to help you. And you're not aware of what you're actually doing. And so that that process takes time. Mm-hmm. And it and, and again, like time journey, and it it comes with a lot of responsibility between that person and and you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then whoever else they bring along their community with them. Um, And so what does it look like to keep that positive mindset going? Because I know at least for me, like, especially when I'm on this running journey, if I have a couple of bad workouts in a row, I'm like, man, this is awful. Like, I haven't haven't been like, I want to quit recently. But it's just like, you know, you get you get in that downward spiral, you start having negative thoughts about stuff. And so, so what are you telling people to kind of keep them up, even maybe when things are down? What are you helping them to realize as they're going through these journeys? Yeah, you know, that's a lot like uh, progressive overload training for mm-hmm. us in the strength world. You know, start adding a little bit more weight, start adding a little bit more weight. Eventually, you're going to hit your peak and things are going to start to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be on this constant linear journey when it's really ebbs and flows. Like, it, 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 just, it just is. You're going to have that bad workout. Understand why you had that bad workout. Again, being aware. Yeah. Being aware and saying, I had this bad workout because I stayed out too late last night. Mm-hmm. I had this bad workout because things at work are really, really hard and I'm not handling the right way. So that happens, but that next workout, let's do, let's do better there. <laughs> you know, let's, let's have that energy. Let's change that environment. So then that the response can be different. Yeah. Knowing yourself and how to care for yourself it, and then, and then how to continue to move forward. Yeah. Um, and it becomes such a vital part when we think about, what self-care looks like, um, you know, which is at the heart of this podcast. I want to develop a theology of self-care. Like how do we take care of ourselves both from an aspect of faith and vocation? Because it, again, like as I'm coming in this context of, of a church and of a pastor, but it's not just a pastoral context. Cause I mean, I look around and I see people in my, I see colleagues of mine who are burnt out, who are done, who are tired, but I'm like looking around and I'm like, but I'm also seeing 
you know, health professionals. I'm seeing folks at the who, who work at Walmart and Food Line and Kroger. I'm seeing mm-hmm. I'm seeing folks who are teachers who are yeah. burnt out and tired. I'm seeing folks who work in in business profession. I mean, I like the world is tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world yeah. is burnt out. Like, let's yeah. figure. Like, we want to figure yeah. out what we can do to actually care for ourselves because. Yeah. I love being a pastor. Like, I don't, I mean, I can't, right now, I can't imagine what it would be like to not be a pastor. Mm -hmm. But that's not to also Mm -hmm. say that there weren't times in that pandemic where I'm like, I mean, I've got a couple of extra talents. I don't really have degrees to go with those talents. But what does that look like? Yeah, you know, something, something that just came across my mind, though, Andrew, is that, you know, in your vocation, when I reflect back on my time in church and growing up, I don't recall, I don't recall, you know, Reverend Miller, who was my pastor when I was very, very young. I don't recall him speaking to what a healthy lifestyle looks like. Uh-huh. Um, that, that wasn't a conversation in, in church. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> with what you do, you literally have the platform. You literally have the pulpit (laughs) to share the things that you've learned from guests on this podcast Mm -hmm. and just the extra time that you spend doing research, you know, that when you sent me a message saying, yeah, I heard you on the Growth Equation podcast. I was like, whoa, you listen to the Growth Equation as well. I'm in, I've been awesome. loving it. I've been loving it. Right. And so you, 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 you have the audience to, to listen to that. And I go back to saying, I like to focus on the basic needs yeah. and keeping things really, really simple because the simpler things are, the more consistent you are able to be. Complex is not always the answer. No. And so in terms of self-care, the, the biggest advice that I give to many of my clients who have the time constraints, financial restraints, things of that nature is do what you love to do best. Uh-huh. So if that's my 80-year-old client who, you know, my program is based off of boxing to help with quality of lifestyle, maybe for this individual, maybe we find the dance program that's best because they were a dancer and they loved the dance and they felt like they moved the best when they were dancing. All right, let's do there. Let's do that. Let's start right there. You know, if you're the guy who comes to me and you got a lot of limitations, but you love to do manual labor, maybe it's working on your car. um, You do all that mechanic work. Well, what goes into being a mechanic? You got to stand up. You got to get down on the ground. You got to get off the ground. You got to carry tools. You got to carry parts. We call those farmers carries or goblet carries, Xerxes carries in the strength world. So there's a lot of activity. Well, if you love to work on cars, maybe reach out to some folks and say, hey, I'm looking to work on some cars. Can I come help you out? That's your movement practice. Yeah. What we got to remember is that kind of way back in the day, this whole fitness industry thing wasn't a thing. <laughs> it was, we worked hard, basically, after we ate breakfast, mm-hmm. and then 
sunset. We're not working. We're sitting down. We're relaxing. We're enjoying a meal with mm-hmm. our families. We go to bed. We sleep for eight to nine hours. And then we wake up and we do it again. There was no such thing as heart disease. There was no such thing as suicide back then. You know, we, we didn't have the stress management challenges that we have right now, um, mental illness and things of that nature. I mean, there's something to be said about that. Right now, we make things so complex in terms of, you know, self-care mm-hmm. or just daily living. The simpler we can keep it, the better. Just yeah. find, find what you love to do the most and, and, and do and that. And do it. Yeah. And do it. So I'm not, I tell people, you know, a snack, a nap, and go out for a walk. Sometimes oh that God. can be the best, just the best self-care routine that you can participate in. And often yeah. one of the easiest because it really like, you know, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll do it every day, uh, especially now that it's the summer and I'm running, I'm trying to run early in the mornings. Yeah. You know, I'll make sure that I'm intentionally taking time during my workday and just go and like do a couple of laps yeah. around my church parking lot, yeah. you know, yeah. and then come in and eat lunch. Cause I'm like, you know what? I need that recharge. I need that refuel in the middle of the day. Sure. I'm already a terrible worker in the afternoon. <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine how much worse it would be if I didn't take that time to like recharge my batteries and help myself out. And, yeah. and again, like, it's that simple step of, yeah. all right, what, like, what does care look like at this yeah. point in the day? What do I need yeah. for myself? What's going to help me get through for this? Sure. And I think that's a lot of stuff that, you know, whether yeah. it's your clients, whether it's people who are yeah. listening to the podcast can really take to heart and hear. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, you mentioned walking. There's a ton of research about the benefits of walking, no matter how old you are. Yep. Um, you know, there's the strength component, especially if you're walking up a hill. Um, there's the the uh, movement coordination component. We, as humans, we are bilateral. Uh, we move in a contralateral pattern. And so as we get older, you'll start to see a decline in that, especially if you start to develop movement disorders. Then there's also what it does for the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of just pushes stuff out. Then there's what, you know, using our senses. So if you're walking around, you don't have these earphones on like you and I have in various forms. You can start to hear, all right, there's a bird over here. Maybe Mm -hmm. you can identify that bird. You can hear the trees rustling. You can hear the kids playing in the pool. You can smell someone on the grill up the hill, you know, cooking barbecue chicken or something like that. Mm, So Smell right now. (laughs) Exactly. You have this heightened sense of awareness that we're stuck inside doing nothing. You start to lose a little bit of that stuff, right? Um, But I also think with with self-care, like there's just so many dimensions of it. You know, we've, we've talked about the physical part. You know, there's the emotional part. Mm -hmm. There's the social part. Um, 100%, there's the spiritual part, you know, whether you are a believer or a non-believer, there's uh, many different forms of spirituality, what works best for you. Um, And from there, you can figure out, like, what's the thing that's going to work with your lifestyle, what helps you out the most and kind of go from there, you know, you got to build 
you kind of got to build your playbook, right? <laughs> and, and you gotta, and, and, and you gotta figure it out, right? And that, that, like, that's why I wanted to start this because, like, we're all, we're all here trying to figure it out on our own, and like, yeah. and and people are like, I don't even know where to start, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's start somewhere. Let's get it yeah. going. Let's have conversations, yeah. and I love bringing these kinds of conversations in because they really help for folks, you know, when they're, you know, sitting there, they've got their earpod their ear pods in and, uh, and they're listening. They're like, all right, yeah. Like maybe there is something that I can do and to build yeah. that own self-care ritual for themselves and the yeah. way that it's going to work out. Um, well, I mean, this has been great. I think we're going to yeah. have to have another conversation because um, <laughs> this has just been awesome. It's been great reconnecting with you and having you on this day. So that's let's hit these end of podcast questions. Jojo, what's something that makes you feel accomplished? Oh man. Uh, as a as a dad of three, and recently <laughs> during a pandemic, introduced uh, some introduced twins to the world. Oof. Just seeing the seeing the progression and like being involved with that has been. It, it feels like I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I I don't really know what that accomplishment really is because that is a that's a process is an ongoing process, but I maybe just, maybe just me now being able to take the time and just watching that happen versus being rushed and saying, Hey man, you were patient today and you got to see something really, really freaking awesome, which mm-hmm. is seeing, seeing your kids take the first step or say the word or like hearing your kids say, I love you for the first time. Yeah. Oh, he smokes. That's an awesome feeling, man. So yeah, that that's probably where I'm at the most right now in, in terms of accomplishment is saying, Hey man, you were patient. You weren't feeling rushed and your reward was you got to see something really awesome from the kids today. Nice. What is an upcoming goal that you have? Any sort of goal could be anything. I've got a couple, man. I've got in October, um, I will be doing a marathon, uh, a rowing on the Concept 2 Rower Marathon, uh, which will be 42,000 plus meters, um, hopefully with a large group of folks to raise, help raise money for the Michael J. Fox Foundation and also Power Over Parkinson's Foundation, which is a foundation I work really closely with, which is all about uh, using movement to help improve the quality of life for people with Parkinson's. Um, so that's, that's one of my big ones. Uh, the next one is even a longer process. So the main reason why I am working towards a, a PhD is so that I can be an advocate for the Parkinson's community. Mm. Um, Right now, the, the, the cost of the disease is just crazy, yeah. uh, really, really high. And so my goal is to be an advocate so that the cost of physical fitness can be something that is covered under insurance, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, for folks who have been diagnosed uh, with Parkinson's disease. And so my, my, my thought process behind that is that with the PhD, with the research, being able to conduct uh, exercise studies, I can then be able to present that as evidence of why this is important and extremely necessary. And we'll include some links to that in the podcast notes so that folks can, oh. if, if they want to get involved, if they want to yeah. help out, do a little bit of rowing themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, cause that you are, are going after there. I saw some of that on your Facebook. Yeah, uh, rowing so, is no fun by yourself. No. <laughs> nope. 
Uh, but it is a good workout. It is a really yeah. good workout. Oh, <laughs> Full yeah. body, oh, everything. Yeah. For sure. For so sure. who do you go to when life gets tough? Wow. Who do I go to? Well, you know, kind of the theme today is that when things get tough, I do start with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what that tough moment is, I, I have my, I, I should have said this earlier, but I have my self-care team. Mm. Um, I have people that I can reach out to based on what the situation is, whether it's mom, uh, dad, my wife, man, sometimes my daughter, gosh, having an eight-year-old is amazing because <laughs> they always tell you the truth. <laughs> always. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a therapist, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, I have my team that helps me out for whatever that situation is. And I, that's, that's also um, a part of self-care is just knowing when you um, knowing your limits mm-hmm. and knowing who to reach out to before it's too late. And then last, what are some other ways that you actively practice self-care? Um, me, me personally. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. Other than physical activity, like what yeah. are some other ways? Um, like I mentioned before, cooking, man, cooking. cooking has been absolutely amazing. You know, when I was, when I was living in Ashland, I had my townhouse and I, I had a grill. And so, you know, homecoming weekends, I would cook a ton of food, um, and people would come over. But recently I have re- rediscovered my love for cooking. Mm. Um, that has been amazing. And then just sitting outside or walking outside, Sometimes the, the, the twins get a little crazy. And so I load yep. them up on the stroller and I start walking and what walking is walking and cooking is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that has been an amazing, those have been amazing activities for me um, to, to remain active, uh, to help with my self care. And then most recently, um, my daughter, my my daughter and I have been um, learning how to play the acoustic guitar. Oh, cool! And yeah, and so I mean, listen. Well, one of the things that I, I that I would say is don't allow anyone to limit what meditation is. It yeah. comes in many, 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 many forms. Many forms. Whether it's prayer, whether it's silence. Maybe it's you beat on a drum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be quiet. It doesn't have to be loud. Your brain doesn't have to be empty. Um, there could be a lot going on in there, and there typically is a lot going on in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are those are definitely some of the things that 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 I use um, to kind of keep myself keep myself going. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jojo, it's been great having you on. Uh, I hope our listeners have gotten a lot from this conversation. We continue to learn, like, I mean, knowing yourself is a great way we can care for ourselves. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was awesome. So these are the conversations that I love to have as we continue on this journey of building the theology of self-care, just the nature in which we are all learning and growing together and what that looks like for each and every one of us. I think JoJo's story, JoJo's journey, JoJo's lessons help us to understand what it means to truly care for ourselves. 
And to come into this space and of self-care, recognizing and understanding that there are so many different ways in which this works out, that yes, we can care for ourselves in an active, in a physical manner, but we also need to think about the mental, the emotional. It's just as much rest as it is stress. Um, and I hope that we can explore these themes a little bit more as we continue on in this podcast. Uh, but that's something that I took away from this episode today is just the nature in which Jojo talks about rest and talks about bringing it into that self-care lifestyle that even when we're caring for ourselves, uh, so even when I'm running, there's still a nature in which I need to do other things to care for myself as well. And so there's all of these different things that we engage in as we seek to learn and grow together. And so I want to thank you again, thank Jojo again for coming on, for being a part of this conversation, for getting this conversation started. I want to thank you all so much for, for you all so much for joining this conversation, you listeners, supporters. Uh, don't forget to check out our show notes. Uh, there's information on uh, where to find Jojo on social media, information about his row for Parkinson, so that if you are wanting to help with that as well, you can reach out to him uh, to help out with that. There's also information to join us over on the Active Faith community over on Facebook and a link, again, a community of us gathering together to support and encourage one another. And I would just love it if you would help to support this podcast. This podcast is completely listener supported. That means it is uh, done and put together by you all, the listeners. I know I do the work of, of recording and editing, but this would be nothing without you all as the listeners helping to support. And so make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform to make sure that uh, these episodes come into your uh, feeds as soon as they are available. Every Friday morning, they will be right there in your feeds. And I would love it if you would support this podcast and and maybe consider joining my Patreon uh, community. Uh, we have two new Patreons this week. Pam Anderson and Amy Dane both uh, came on board to help su- to support this podcast monetarily. And so I would love it if you would head on over to patreon.com slash rev. The link will be in the podcast notes as well and help to support this community, this ministry as it continues to grow, as it continues uh, to just take on a life of its own and continue on to help uh, and support all of us in our self-care journeys. Uh, And then I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review. We don't have any new reviews this week, but we uh, did pick up a couple of five-star ratings. And so thank you so much if you are one of those folks out there uh, giving uh, giving those ratings. I would love, love it if you would also leave a review. Let me know what you are loving about this podcast. Let others know what you are loving about this podcast. And I will uh, 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 leave it here in the outro of the next podcast episode. Uh, we also would just love it. I would also just love it if you would help to share this with a friend, invite them to listen, share it on social media. As always, I will give you a shout out. I love interacting with you all as supporters and just giving supporters shout outs as they come on board to help to support, to listen, to be a part of this community. And now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.